Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers show. Now are you a finance professional who's simply a passenger in the business or are you a co-pilot? I mean by that I mean are you like a passenger who just sits there behind your desk say or in a row of desks producing reports and analyses or do you actually get up out from behind your desk, walk up to the decision makers, engage with them, understand their business, their challenges and implications for the future and in effect are their co-pilot to add even more value to the business. These are just some of the areas our guest mentor this week, Arno Wackfer, and myself covered together on our latest podcast. And what I also really like about this podcast is that Arno just shares an awful lot of stories about his experiences. And one of the ones that really resonated with me was the value he found in mentors. And so much so, he's even set up his own business partnering mentoring program that you can reach out and connect with him on. And Arno's got an awful lot of experience in this space. Uh, Arno also shares with uh, us his seven learnings or value drivers that accountants can look at to get a business running even more profitably and successfully, uh, why reporting isn't adding value and why Arno is actually excited about automation, where perhaps finance professionals need to be more visible and how Arno actually does this himself and also a really cool story about the best bit of criticism that Arno's ever received and how it really helped him actually add value in the business. So look, if you enjoy this episode, please let your friends and colleagues know about it. Rate, comment us on the major platforms, which is iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And of course, you can always check out the detailed timestamp show notes with some key quotes and ways to connect with our guest mentor at sitnshow.com slash podcast. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did interviewing Arno. So without further ado, over to Arno and the show. Arno, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Nice to be uh, uh, on the show, and I look forward to sharing my thoughts and talking to you, the audience. Yeah, well, look, in terms of sharing your thoughts, you, you've written an awful lot of articles on LinkedIn, well over 100, I think over 130 at this stage, but some of our audience may not be as familiar with your background or journey in accounting finance, so would, do you mind perhaps sharing a bit about that with us, please? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, well... You know, I've always wanted to be an accountant uh, when I was back in school. Uh, it was just, uh, I always had a passion for numbers and just uh, storytelling, if I could put it that way. Um, so, as accountants, we, uh, we like telling stories, um, the real stories, the factual stories. So, my career started in, uh, in 2004 when I qualified. Um, I finished my articles at a, at a small firm and I start, decided to tackle the commerce world to get my feet wet and to get some real experience. Um, I, didn't, I wasn't crazy about auditing. It wasn't for me. It's very repetitive. And I actually wanted some real challenges and you know, just getting out there and meeting different people and just learn what financial management is all about. Um, so during my career, then I led a few of the div- uh, divisional finance departments at some of the leading companies in such as Autodesk and um, IT company called Dimension Data 
where I was mostly in financial manager positions, uh, leading teams. And before I immigrated to Australia in 2016, I actually landed a job uh, as, a, as a CFO for the largest business school in Africa, which is the Gordon Institute of Business Science. And that's really where I developed my passion for business, for people, for networking. And it was very challenging at, the, at, the, at that role. I had to walk in and uh, what I always tell people is uh, as I walked in, the, the, the floor was slippery and the more I slipped, the more, the more soap they put on it. So I was <laughs> slipping and slipping. I love the expression. <laughs> so there wasn't time to sit still and think. You know? So I just was on the job and I had to just implement uh, improvements and uh, transform the finance function. And yeah, so after that, we decided in 2014, my, my wife and I decided we want to immigrate to Australia. Um, so we moved over in 2016. And yeah, then I decided to, uh, I wanted to go and manage a business. And you know, I just think uh, it's always always been a passion of mine, especially, especially the small businesses. I just wanted to go and see what it feels like to run a small business because I do think they're the ones that um, suffer the most pain because they can't, afford the, they can't afford the experience or the, ex, or the expertise. And uh, I just wanted to go and feel what, it, what, what they go through. So did that for a year. And then my wife and I decided we want to move east in Australia. We're going to go check out Brisbane. And the Gold Coast uh, moved over last year, and then uh, yeah, I landed another role as a group financial controller for an environmental services company. So that's kind of my career from uh, 2014 now. Yeah, we've we've a lot of similarities in there. I think we have a very similar yeah passion for accounting numbers and storytelling. Yes. So that's that's very interesting, and also we've on our journeys we've we've gone through audit, commerce industry. Mm. and also ran our own businesses so i'm just curious to think like what was the biggest learning for you as a finance professional with all this financial management training of running your own business that could perhaps be useful for our audience I mean, what would be the big learnings for you in that yeah so it's the so when you're an accountant you don't really understand what draws business what the levers are and uh my journey of running a business, I understand that it's seven key drivers to uh, cash flow and profitability. Um, and funny enough, it all starts with leads, the number of leads. So if you don't have any interest in your business, you're not going to have business. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so first driver is increase the number of leads coming in. Second driver is increase your conversion rates. So there's no point having leads and then you don't convert them. Third one is uh, increase the average value of transaction. So get customers to buy higher price, price goods and services from you. Fourth one is increase the tr number of transactions. So instead of a customer buying it from you once in a year, get them to buy from you two, three, four times. Then fifth one is increase your, uh, your gross profit margins. So you do either do pricing, I don't like discounting products and services, increase your price. Apply the 80-20 rule, you're probably going to lose a, a bit of business, but you're going to gain some. Um, and then I think it was number six, it's, uh, it's uh, obviously trim your overheads as much as you can. Run a mean, lean business. Lean, I prefer. I don't like to say cost-cutting. I like to say mean, ach, lean. Mm, yeah. um, you know, you do that through systems and processes and technology and all those things. So I think there's, there's one that I've missed. Uh, but those are kind of where I'm going with this is you, 
you learn more than just the numbers. You learn what draws business. So you understand the, the levers. You look, then you need to look at business planning, giving a direction. Um, you know, so the strategy part, and I think that's something that accountants don't necessarily look at is business strategy. They probably 100%. look at, you know, they, they, they probably look at finance strategy, but you need to look at a bus, business holistically from all aspects. And, you know, um, that, that for me is uh, something that's, that, that I've really uh, developed a passion for is business strategy, um, you know, putting all the puzzles together. Yeah, and that's really what I think. I think that's where our profession's going. It's more into the puzzles side of things and solving puzzles and jigsaws and making sure all the bits fit together logically and coherently because, yeah. you know, you outlined the number of steps there. But if we don't get the, the business strategy right or understand that, so by that, I guess you... Actually, yeah, what, what do you mean by the business strategy? I mean, what sort of questions does that answer for us if we understand the business strategy? So obviously it starts with vision, mission, What's your core capabilities? What's the values? Values is very important in a business. There's no point you having values and you hire people that don't share the same passion and vision and mission statement. Because then you're going to go, the one's going to go left and the other one's going to go right. Um, you're not going to go in the same direction. So it's just getting the right people in the bus that share the same passion. So, and then you need people that can actually execute strategies. right? So, Because as you know, a lot of small, especially small businesses, okay, first of all, they don't have time to plan because uh, they're running around to make revenue and pay salaries. But when they do find time, you know, strategy is one thing, but if you don't execute, then, you know, if you don't plan, you're planning to fail, as they say. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen that I'm, I'm, I'm managing, well, I manage a small business. I'm running finances now for SME and it's tough. Uh, it's small businesses, a very different beast to the larger corporates. Um, you know, they, they don't have that free time to work on, on the business. They're always working in the business. And, uh, you know, it's just, in a, for me as an accountant, it's getting people out of the business and say, listen, let's work on the business. And let's see how we can improve it. Um, you know, so um, my career has always been on business improvements. You know, nothing is perfect. There's always room for improvement. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think you're completely right about business strategy. And you're actually highlighting a very useful advantage uh, that that comes from being a finance professional involved with smes is that you can help them i suppose the leaders in there the owners actually step step out of the business for a bit you can help plan you can help them see the business strategy so that they can go and execute better and then you can make sure that all the 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 seven drivers you outlined are more coherently aligned so that the business is is running in a more sustainable uh, profitable and, and a way that's potentially going to grow over time exactly and, th- and that's that's the role of finance is working with business not you don't you don't work for business you work with business to help them create a, a sustainable business and it's yeah. and it's a it's an ongoing process it never stops but you always you got you got to work with with the business partners yeah it's like i think that's that mindset shift though isn't it it's like rather than working for a business mm-hmm. you know it's actually working with them in yeah. a sort of uh, with a mindset of value creation, yeah. uh, sustainable, uh, profitable growth, and also business partnering over time. And I think that's the, the lever to, to make that happen is that business partnering mindset. So, yeah. I mean, like with someone who was, you know, went through practice, like how did you stumble across the usefulness of business partnering? You know, by engaging, earlier in my career, I was just managing finances from a desk. Um, I, didn't, I didn't interact. I didn't engage. 
I was just pushing out reports. Um, it was analysis paralysis. I was just looking at detail, detail, <laughs> detail. And, you know, eventually, eventually I thought, I thought myself, you know, what's the point of looking in detail if I can't share it and I can't get input from people to maybe exactly. I'm missing something, maybe I'm missing trends. Um, you know, you know, I, I don't, I don't really understand the business. Um, I don't understand, um, how the divisions operate, what their processes are. And I think that was the mindset for me is to engage, um, you know, through business partnering. And you'll be surprised if you just, you know, if you just start talking to people, you understand the business a lot better and you actually understand their pain points because finance has got two customers. They've got internal customers and external customers. Right. Definitely. So the internal customers, all the departments, they need to satisfy their needs. You know, they need to give them reports, actual versus budget. They need to do systems and processes and all those things. And then obviously your external is like if you, you know, your customers, billing statements or th things like that. You know, so we've got a, we've got a very, there's a big opportunity in finance to service a large customer base, if I can put it, a stakeholder base. Um, and it all starts with conversation. Um, you know, it's, it's like typically what I tell people on LinkedIn, you know, if someone sends me an invite and you connect and you don't start a conversation, what's the point of connect connecting in the first place? It's just talk to people, find out what they're doing and how you can help service their business better. And that's what, I mean, we, we at the end of the day, finance serves people, you know, and that's, that's what we are. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I've got great hope for finance into the future because mm. we we know we are all about servicing people yes. so we can have all this technology digital finance agenda and so on and so on but mm. fundamentally business is about people and as long as it's people to service finance will play a role but you know we have to stay relevant you know and you, and you suggested some very good areas there Arno. i suppose in terms of the future of finance then i suppose what's exciting you most about that What's exciting is automation because there's this thing about um, automation is going to take away the jobs of finance and accountants, which it won't. And the reason I say that is because um, what will happen is all the repetitive tasks and re monthly reporting and those things will be automated, right? Which is great. What's going to happen is it's going to free up a lot more time for finance to actually roll up their sleeves and actually start talking to people and engaging and business doing, actually doing proper business partnering and creating value because um if you're just pushing out reporting you're really not adding value because reporting is historical you're just telling Definitely. okay what happened in the past all right so it's it's freeing up the time to work on predictions to work on systemization to work on growth to work on strategy and to what i call to become a co-pilot to driving future business performance because that's what finance is, is we are co-pilot you know we we steer we steer the, the plane in a way with 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 the, with the execs uh, with the leadership and um you know we need to make sure that if there's fuel we need to make sure that you know, <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's one of the fundamentals <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but it's like it's like it's like taking that fuel right those uh, fuel insights cash and so on and actually doing something with it right so influencing and executing and it's just like um you can only do that with engaging right the business partnering as you were saying earlier right arno yes 100 percent. you need to engage i mean it's uh and you know accountants by i don't most accountants don't or mostly i would say that probably most are introverts but uh um, you know, I do think in today's uh, today's society, um, I think I've, I've seen guys that are more engaging, um, and it, I've, I've definitely seen a shift. But you need to get out of your comfort zone, and 
you know, you need to be seen. I think you need to be visible. I've always, I actually wrote a, a LinkedIn article a while back about visible leadership. You need to be visible. You need to walk around, let people see you, introduce yourself. Um, you, you'll be surprised if you if you put a, a a name to a face. You know, it changes everything. You know, so you know, just be seen, be visible. You know. Yeah, and like that's that's an interesting one because you know, for for a lot of us now in the profession with digital has allowed us to you know perform more global roles yes. um, so like in an sme we just get out and you know walk around it's more easily to be visible but i suppose in global roles it could be a bit tougher i mean i'm just back from a, a few yes, weeks in the u.s mm-hmm. you know walking around and, and being visible but um, i mean so maybe what sort of ways do you use to be visible i don't know that might be useful for our audience Visible, um, you know, you can uh, obviously with technology, you can uh, you can do conference calls, you can use Zoom meetings, um, you can send out weekly reports. So visible, when I'm saying when I say visible, it can be different forms. Uh, let people just yeah. hear from you more often, not just on a month end when you send a report. Um, so just I think communicate more often. Let people just hear and see you. You know that I think that is a uh, for me that's key. You know that. I shouldn't just see you once a month. Great. I I hundred percent. I, I mm. it's interesting because I suppose we started talking about the future of finance, which is yes. about automation, and and then there's just some statistic jumped into my head about by the 80% of corporate audits will be performed by robots or robotic processes. So that you know that just shows that I think. You know, we we felt early on that it was important to to move away from audit because it's it's I suppose one it's probably not as as much fun, but there's useful skills in that one. But on the other hand, it is about value creation, and you know you can have all these great ideas about value creations, but if we're invisible and not visible to the business, yes. then we're not really going to make an impact. So, so like I really appreciate you sharing some of those thoughts and ways of making it happen by again leveraging the digital technologies that are out there and again i'm a big user and some of the ones you mentioned mm. so highly recommend our audience check those out and I'll, I'll include links as well in the show notes of those because they're that important to helping us be more visible so i suppose i don't know i, I do want to move on to some other areas but before i do there was one i wanted to t- touch on with you because i think we're very big believers in this is mentoring and the value of mentoring for our finance profession. So, I mean, what are your perspectives on mentoring and, and the value of mentoring? Yeah, so I, like, I, like I've told a few people, I wish I had a mentor when I, when I qualified as a chartered accountant. And the reason for that is a, a mentor gives you what I call the shortcuts, and not the lazy cuts, the shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, you know, if I can think about all the times I, I just I went too much into the detail and I just I didn't sit back and look at the business and I just didn't apply my mind the right mindset and you know I, I was in inexperienced I didn't know where to look for things and who to talk to and you know sometimes in a in, in business um, the fin- sometimes in your role you don't have a, a boss or a two IC or something that you can actually go and talk to and run things past you know just run things. Uh, run things off the bat or just bounce some ideas off them, you know, where I think, uh, and, and, and that's what I like about a mentor. A mentor is, uh, is you know, is independent. Um, you'll, you'll come, you'll give uh, his perspective from a different angle and it just, or fresh perspective, you know, so it's just for me, it's just, 
it, 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 it gears you to think differently and you learn quicker about business. Um, so obviously you need to have, you need to choose the right mentor. Um, there's no point choosing a mentor that that's totally left to what you're doing and uh, can't uh, add any value. And there's not a relationship thing. So mentorship is about the relationship. You need to find the right person. Um, and yeah, I, I do think, uh, you know, I've, I, have, I have mentored uh, a couple of accountants. I'm actually running a mentorship program that I started on LinkedIn about two weeks ago where actually I'm just offering right. my uh, finance, finance business partner mentorship program, which I do uh, for pro bono. And the whole idea is to take, you know, I've got certain selection criteria. I just tell the guys, listen, you know, guys that are five years in the business, are they looking at creating value in the business? And then I ask him questions, and then based on my criteria, I, I mentor the guys, you know. And uh, I've got about seven areas of, of mentorship I, I look at. And it's all based on my experience because uh, over the years, I've, I've taught myself new skills. Um, I, you know, like, for example, um, I recently became a financial modeler and valuation analyst with the CFI, the Corporate Finance Institute. Um, and I, like, for example, uh, you know, finance modeling is definitely a key skill in my opinion that accountants need to develop. 100%. Definitely. That is where prediction comes in. And that's where you actually yeah. have influence on decision making. If you can talk the future of a business with the decision makers, that for me is critical. So that's just one example um, of an area that I would typically... Um, I'm not going to tell guys how to do financial modeling. I'll just talk to them about principles and how, how it can add value in the business. Um, you know, so definitely mentorship. You know, I like doing that. Um, I do think more business leaders need to need to do give mentorship where they can. Um, and as you'll see, you'll see often on LinkedIn, for example, there's accountants reaching out. They're looking for mentors. So it's definitely a global global trend. People people want to be mentored. Yeah, definitely, and I'll hold my hand up. I was very slow to do it, um, and if I had my time over again, I probably would have been a bit faster. But that said, mm. you know, having not been as quick, I do now see the value of mentoring, Yeah, and that's why we do these podcasts is to bring guest mentors on like you know yourself, Arno, with fantastic experience, practical experience, and breaking it down so people can easily understand the steps forward. And, I, you know, I also find mentors useful because, you know, I'm not definitely not perfect. I think, we're, you know, we, we all make mistakes, but to bounce those off mentors and go through them and saying, you know, what would you have done differently or help them bring that learning out of you. Yeah. So next time, you know, when when we're a bit more experienced ourselves, we can pass those learnings on to others. So, you know, I like your expression, you know, shortcuts, but not lazy cuts. Both sides, you know, put a bit of effort into it as well. And then overall, I believe, you know, it's like a rising tide that lifts all ships up. Um, so so thank you for sharing that, Arno. Great, great thoughts, great ideas. Yeah. Um, I, I do have some more questions for you. I suppose the first would be, and you've been, you know, really great at sharing your advice with us. What's been the best bit of advice you've received? I actually received criticism one day. It was, a, <laughs> it was the best criticism I ever received because it actually... <laughs> Actually, I love it. it actually, yeah, it actually put me on a journey to prove them wrong. So yeah. um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I think, you know, you need to always take things with a pinch of salt. Um, you know, I always tell people, don't you can't worry too much about what other people may think of you or what you think they think of you, because most times they're not thinking that. So you know, worry about yourself. Um, you know, so 
I suppose getting back to the advice I got is one day I was, uh, you know, I was sitting in a, I think it was in a, a boardroom and one of the directors said, um, you can't do that because they'll eat me for lunch. So I thought, okay, so that's, so you saying I can't, I, I don't have the capacity to do it or the, or the talent. So he said, yes. So I thought, uh, okay, well, that's a challenge I'm going to take up. So thanks for the advice. Although it's, uh, well, no, it's negative, but I'm going to turn, into, turn it into a positive. And, uh, yeah, so a few months, I won't go into the detail, but a few months ago, a few months down the line, I actually uh, I implemented to the, the solution that they said I wouldn't be able to do. And, uh, you know, so that for me is sometimes, uh, you know, you need that bit of a push and a draft to approve people wrong. You know, so, you, you know, you can't take everything at face value. So, you know, um, maybe what... Well, I, the advice I always give, um, my advice I would give to the younger generation, if or to myself, if I, if I was 20 or 30 years younger, is uh, less is more. Don't look too much at the detail. Rather look for trends and warning signals. You'll cut out a lot of analysis paralysis. Look for trends. Look at things that stand out. And you'll be surprised. Those are the things. That's the problem areas. The second thing is uh, be an uncompetitor. Don't compete with anyone else. Mm. Compete with yourself. And that's very important because as soon as you start comparing yourself with other people, you're not going to get anywhere in life. Improve, improve, improve. Always try and do your best and improve. Not, last thing is, not, like I said before, is nothing is perfect. There will always be room for improvement. Because in my career, I always wanted to get things out perfect. Do get things out perfect. <laughs> and you spend so much time that you actually lose the plot. You actually, oh. you know, mm. and I say rather get something out than get something out that, that's, uh, you know, so rather, rather get it out because then at least people will look at it quick and fit and uh, questions will come out sooner. Um, and that goes for life in general. Nothing's perfect. We all know that. Oh, God, you, you, you made me laugh. I <laughs> talk, Talking and getting something out, like, yeah. please. I, I remember once I was on a, you've probably done similar now, I know, like I was, yeah. editing a, a report for the board yeah. and uh, my predecessor um, he he was very meticulous about measuring the the distance between the various charts so it was a, a quadrant four quadrants of four charts on one page with some text around and um, I said I almost lost the will to live trying to get to this level of perfection mm. I mean I'm, I'm from the cut from the cloth of just getting stuff out so um so that's when that's when nowadays using automation and uh, and i think what was it you know turning turning red and spread spreadsheets out just just have the them all formatted to be sent out not wasting too much time on worrying about uh, the minutiae of of where a chart is in terms of its proportion or relative position to other ones i mean like god you have to go through these things sometimes right and think realize the futility of it yeah yeah ultimately <laughs> just gets <laughs> yeah. no, but you're right andrew the other point about automation it actually it's making us lazy because very because very. we're actually not looking at the reports we're assuming they're correct and oh. uh, you know if the design's wrong or the garbage in garbage out you know yeah. so every now and again do your checks um you know, it's something that's wrong and that's automated is, is going to cause you real problems. So always have checks and balances, validation controls in place. Um, you know, and automation is not just a once-off exercise. Technology develops. 100%. You know, yeah. And, and it comes back to our fundamental credibility. Like we have to earn the right to be able to share those insights yes. and, and communicate with others. So to do that, and like that's a re 
we skirt over that a lot, but validation checks, so mm. key. Yeah, you know, um, and and uh, and also, I really enjoyed your point there around trends. Yeah. Um, I've I've dropped the whole SWOT analysis now: strength, weakness, opportunities, threats. It's all about strength, weaknesses, and trends for yeah. me now. So yeah. three dimensions. So no, that's great, great advice. And I suppose in terms of, would there be any other resources you could recommend we check out? I know. I mean, what resources would you use or recommend our audience check out? Yes. Uh, yeah. So. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I and I read quite often. I'm a lazy reader. I actually do Audible and Amazon because um, at least I'm reading a book in in, in some <laughs> in some way. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so I listen to like for example, I listen to your show all the time. Um, I listen to a lot of business coaches, uh, you know, business professional podcasts and things like that. But the one, of the the two that I would recommend, uh, the, the the podcast uh, the, or the book actually that, that I read recently was it's by James Shramko. He's a Australian business coach. He's got this book that's it's called Work Less, Make More. And what he talks about is, is he talks about the EHR principle. And what the EHR principle stands for, it's the effective hourly rate. So what he talks about is you can you you need to work out what you effectively hourly rate to benchmark whether whether you uh, take on work in, in, to make money. And all it is is you just take your uh, available hours, divide, um, take, take what, you, what money you want to take home and divide it by your available hours, and that's your EHR rate. And what you need to do is you, you need to beat that EHR rate cons- consistently to, you know, to, build up, to build up wealth. And I think you can apply that, that in business as well. It's like your break-even, break-even. Um, so that's that, that's that's one thing that I took out from his book, and I listened to a lot of his podcasts. So he's, he's James Shanker. Um, the second one uh, that I'm busy reading now it's Steve Olsher. It's a book called What Is Your What. And what it's about is it's it's discovering discovering your true purpose in life. And uh, I think it's because of my age. I'm getting to an age where now where I want to you know this is I want to do more and I want to just add more value to people I serve. And, uh, you know, so it's just discovery, I suppose, just you know, rediscovering myself and what, what, what are my strengths, what are my passions. And it's just realigning and I'm used to be uh, and, and rediscovering myself again. Um, so those are kind of the two that, that stands out for me that I would recommend. Plus a few podcasts, other podcasts, but I mean, uh, um, obviously yours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. YouTube as well. Like we, you got the zippy. What do you call them? The bite size videos. I like them. Yes, yeah, yeah. The Monday memos. Yeah, yes. Memos. There we sure, go. Sure. Okay, yeah. They're good. I listen to them in a the car as well, so it's good. Oh, excellent. Thanks, thanks, Arno. <laughs> and um, I suppose you know, if our audience want to continue the conversation, uh, where's the best place to connect with you at? Uh, definitely LinkedIn. Um, I'll try and publish uh, articles uh, at least once every week or every second week but definitely linkedin um you know i that's my platform i do uh, i've tried to build a nice brand and i you know i'm an active i'm an active uh, network user like a linkedin user um and i like to meet different people and have conversations and see where i can help and share knowledge and experience yeah no definitely a look at You've been fantastic, even fantastic comments. I know the post I've made, and I've seen some of the other articles you've done as well, Arno. So I suppose in terms of our audience, would you have any parting thoughts for us? 
I think for me, the, the accounting profession, where I think it, where, my advice to accountants would be to become business and tech savvy. Try and, new, try and learn new skills all the time. Because when you've got those skills, you'll understand how a business makes money. You'll understand how business can make more money. And then also you can, and you'll understand how, um, how you can use technology to get you there. So that would be my advice to, to accountants in terms of value creation is just understand business and how to, you know, how to use technology to implement your actions or thoughts. That's, that's great parting thoughts. I know. Well, look, really appreciate you making the time for us, uh, particularly given it's your evening. Um, over in Brisbane, uh, also taking us through your thoughts around the future of finance, um, why business partnering is an important mindset for us to have. Um, also sharing your journey on mentoring as well, and <laughs> and also that a bit of um, that best bit of advice, with best bit of criticism, and uh, also how we can create value for our businesses as accountants and finance professionals. So again, really appreciate you investing the time with us today and coming on our show. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, it was absolutely, uh, absolutely a pleasure, man. And I'm, I'm sure we are, I hope we talk again. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 